God bless. I'm glad to see you. Uh, we got a packed house today, right? That just means more work for the ushers, right? If you guys don't know me, my name is uh, Joshua. This is my wife, Lee. We're ministers at the church here. Um, we believe that God has a, a wonderful word in this transition season for us right now. And uh, I know God is going to do wonderful things. I believe, I believe God for, some, for so much to happen in such a short time. But I believe God wants to get us ready. I believe God doesn't want us to be lazy. I, don't, I believe God doesn't want us to get to a point where we're, we're just comfortable. But I, I believe He wants and use what he has given to us, which is his anointing over us. And I just pray that the word today that we speak over you and just the encouragement that you'll just be blessed and it'll be challenged. You'll have filled with hope to step forward into your calling in your life, to reach the lost. Where, where I can't go, you can go. You know? So I just pray that God will just bless us. I just want to pray over the service and then leave them go. Father God, I just have your way today, Lord God. Lord, we need you. May you be clear today to us, the Lord, to speak to us. So we may move forward boldly into what you have called us to do, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, no more fear, Father God. I pray no more confusion, no more doubt, Lord God. But that we will know, Father God, that you have a plan for us, Lord God. We follow you, just like the pastor said, that we will follow you, Lord God. We will walk side by side with you, and you walk behind us, Lord, showing us all the way. So we put every trust in you today, this morning, and have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I just love that worship song that we sang this morning. That says, you know, my hope will always be your promises to me. You know, that's, that's our bread. That's what we have when there are dark days, and that's our bread in our life when we have good days, and that's what we should always be reverting to when our perspective gets a little skewed, when a curveball gets hit at us, and we say, oh my God, I don't know, what am I going to do? That's what we say, his hope will always be, my hope will always be his promises to me. We have those promises in Christ. We have the promise that he's come to give us eternal life. We have those promises. We have personal promises. There are so many personal promises that I am standing on right now in my life, and I'm understanding one thing about these promises. I'm understanding that they're not all about me. I'm understanding that it's bigger than me. These things that I'm believing for, these things that you might be believing for, they're bigger than you and I. Yeah, they have to do with us, and yeah, God placed them inside of us, and yeah, that seed has been birthed in us, but it's larger. It's larger than life. It's larger than our lives. These promises that we are believing God for, that we are standing so faithfully on, are going to affect more lives in your world than what you could ever begin to imagine. Whether you know it or not, there are people that are watching and waiting to see the promises of God come alive in your life. Now that might feel like a lot of pressure, but believe me, it's not. Because it's not our job to make it come to pass. It's his job to make those promises come alive in our lives. Amen. And the other thing that I'm learning is timing. Amen? Amen? So often we have to wait so long. So long. So long. Like sometimes I feel like, man, when I first started believing, it was like the dinosaur ages. I mean, there are some things that I've been waiting well over 15 years for, going on 20 years for. But I'm 
whole waiting game, y'all. It's all the waiting game. But we wait. And as we wait, we rise up with faith because we understand that this timing for God to bring to pass the thing he promised us is so perfect. Amen. That when, like Romans 8, 28 says, that all things are working together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. And his timing is so perfect that when it all comes together, your mind is going to be blown. You're going to say, that's why I had to wait. Because guess what? Somebody needed to be born. Somebody needed to be born again. Somebody needed to have an experience that wasn't that, and they weren't ready. It wasn't their time yet. Because guess what? When you receive your promise, they receive a promise. It's timing, and it's frustrating sometimes. And I get it. And I get it. It's frustrating sometimes. But I don't want you to grow weary in doing good. Because there are so many things that are going on behind the scenes. That's the title of our message this morning is Behind the Scenes. There are so many things. And how did I pick this title? Can anyone tell me what is the one thing I do every time I get up here? What do I have? Dream. Thank you. Who said it? Uh, Michelle. Michelle Faber. I had a dream. Now you all know I'm the dreamer, right? So if I'm a dreamer, what's my, who's my favorite character in the Bible? Thank you. Joseph, that's right. And that's what I want to talk to you. Just, I want to touch very briefly on Joseph's life. He was a dreamer, and the Lord came to me in a dream the other night, well before Pastor George had come and asked us to speak this week. And I love how God's grace does that. I mean, you all know I got five kids, and I got no time to be like, you know, pre-planning sermons like four weeks before because... You know, I got like 49 meals to cook in a week. I mean, you know, the struggle is real. I had to take kids to school and to the doctor, and I got to, you know, do stuff. Well, anyway, God came to me in a dream, and he literally, I heard the Spirit of God say so loud and clear. And in the dream, I was sitting in a church, in our church, and it was big and open and wide. And we had all these seats, and there was so much going on. And the next thing I knew, I was up. I had to go preach. And I, I thought to myself, oh my God, what am I going to say? What am I going to preach about? And I literally heard the Spirit of God say, behind the scenes. And that scripture, Romans 8.28. In the dream, I looked down on my phone and I saw Romans 8.28. All things are working together for the good of those who love God and are called to work to his purposes. About four days later, Pastor George gave us a call and asked us to preach. So, you know. Maybe I should just, we could just stop now. <laughs> but seriously, y'all, there are things going on behind the scenes that we don't see. Joseph, do you all know Joseph? If you don't, read Genesis 39 to 41. That's not the whole thing, but it's a good chunk of it, and you'll understand why I love the story of Joseph so much. Besides the fact that I connect in ways with that story that are very personal to me, I love that story because he is a man who is unjustly treated. So many unfair things happened to him, but he had a vision at a young age that God was going to elevate him to a place of leadership. But he didn't know how he was going to get there, and his, all his circumstances pointed to the exact opposite of what his vision was in the beginning. And so the story goes, he ended up in prison. And again, you're going to have to read the backstory. So when you get home, Genesis 39 to 41. 
Jen, um, Joseph goes to prison. And while he's in prison, he shouldn't have been in prison. He was falsely accused. And he was waiting now years and years. He's a grown man now. He's had a taste of leadership by this point. And he ends up in prison. And he had a choice to make. Because guess what? Now he was in a place where no one could see him. And he had to decide how he was going to act. Now, if I was locked up in prison unjustly, and the Spirit of God was not on the earth yet, because we're talking Old Testament, so Jesus had not come, died for my sins, and went back up and sent the Spirit, I don't know if I would have been such a woman of integrity. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be caring so much about the people that were in my prison cell. I don't, I don't know. I'd kind of be under the presumption that I would be more self-preserving. How could I take care of myself, right? How can I make sure I survive this? How could I defend myself? But that's not the route that Joseph took. The Bible says that he was in charge of the entire prison and that the guard didn't even have to worry. He didn't have to do anything because Joseph made it his business to serve the people that were in the prison with him. He made it his mission to minister to them while no one was watching. You know, it's interesting. You ever have, uh, I, I sort of grew up in the performing arts ever since I was a little girl. I've been on a stage. I've been in productions. I've been whatever, wherever, you name it, right? So I know, I know a lot about like the preparation, right? So you gotta work with like the staging team because there are certain places on the stage before the curtain opens that you gotta stand in a certain spot. And there's the lighting. And you know, you gotta make sure that you're standing in that spot so the light shines on you the right way. And you gotta make sure if you're in a play, you know your lines. And if you're singing a song, that you know the words, right? And so there's all this preparation that happens. But what if you don't? make that preparation. And what if when no one is watching, you don't care, and you become lazy, and you become weary, and you're like, wow, the show's not for another month. I got some time to waste. And you're not preparing yourself, and then all of a sudden, the day comes, the show is here, and the curtain opens. But you're not prepared. Because when you have the time, because when you had behind the scenes time, to get everything prepared, you chose to do nothing. To not be a woman of integrity, to not be a man of integrity, but to just sort of use your time wastefully. Saying to yourself, oh, I have time. I have time. And I know we all get caught up in it, right? I'm the first one. I'm a super procrastinator. I don't know if that's the artist in me. I don't know what it is. But I procrastinate a lot, and so it's a temptation that I have to fight against a lot. But guess what? The curtain on your life is going to open. The curtain's going to open on your life whether you realize it or not. And guess what? You are the leading role. You are the leading role. I don't care how small you feel in this world. Let me tell you, you play a big part to somebody in your life. And that somebody or that those somebodies, they're watching you. They're waiting to see if you're prepared. They're waiting to take, your, to take your cue. They're waiting. So like Joseph, Joseph was preparing. He didn't understand it. He didn't know it. But behind the scenes in prison, he was preparing himself. God was preparing him for the leadership and the authority greater than he had ever seen before. He was getting ready for that role because the curtain was about to open on the vision 
to come to pass in his life. And thankfully, he was ready. And as much as he ministered, the story goes on, when he was in the prison, he ministered to the cupbearer. And the cupbearer ended up getting out of the prison. And he said, Joseph said to the cupbearer, remember me when you get out of here. Make mention of me to the king. But you know what? He failed to do that. And so Joseph had to wait two more years in the prison. But do you think Joseph gave up? Do you think that he failed and decided, eh, I'm just going to make it all about me now. I don't, I don't care. You know what? I'm done. I'm tired. I'm wiping my hands. This ain't never going to happen. You know, I'm never going to get out of here. I might as well just call it quits and lay down and die. No, that wasn't his attitude. He stayed faithful. He stayed faithful in his servanthood. And so I want to encourage you this morning to be faithful where you are. Be faithful. Don't get caught up in your weariness where you wipe your hands and say, I'm done. If that's you this morning, I pray a supernatural, multiplied grace be upon you to lift yourself back up by the power of the Holy Spirit and to believe again and to dream again and to understand again and to be wise again and to be hopeful again and to be filled with wisdom one more time. Because I'm telling you, the curtain is getting ready to open. And guess what? Spotlight's on you, kid. I was telling Georgia back there, if, if you see my wife said, if you know her, she's the one that has dreams. I'm the one that cries. So I think you gotta start crying. So, you know what it is? I'll tell you why I cry. You know, you prepare a message and you trust God and wait for Him to hear. Say, no, I want to hear from you clearly. And when the puzzle starts going into play and the closer it gets, closer and closer it gets, it becomes more clear and clear and clear and clear. It's just like a relief that comes over me. But anyway, this is the I love movies. Everybody knows I love movies, right? Got all these movies references. This is the part of the movie. When everyone that's all in the forefront that's supposed to do what they're supposed to do is not doing something, here comes the hero from behind. Here comes the person that, uh, the least likely person to go do something, most least likely person to go do something, ends up saving the day. I'm going to read in the book of Samuel. This is when David, um, when David's about to be anointed king. And Samuel, he's present. He's presented with seven brothers that come before him. And as he looks at the brothers, Samuel says, surely this is the one. And God's like, no, I've rejected that one. That's not it. The next brother comes, well, surely this is the one. And he was like, no. Seven brothers come by, and none of them there. He said, is there another brother? He goes, yes. He's, he's attending the sheep out in the field. And he was like, oh, bring him to me. And when he comes to him, he sees him. He sees the beauty of him. He sees the, the health about him. And he says, this is the one he anoints him king. My, my, my word for you today is this. In this wilderness season, what have we been doing out in the wilderness? Have we been preparing? When God looks at, at, at the exterior of us and he sees the heart, looks beyond that, sees the heart, what does he see? Does he see a praying person, a person that's um, overcome, that trusts him? Does he see a warrior? Because I let you know right now, I got this little example. This is like a, uh, 
I don't know what this is. I think this is like a carriage thing. It's from a baby or something like that. But I'm going to use this as a slingshot, right? <laughs> the whole time in the field when David was attending the sheep and watching over the sheep, he had some skills. There were some enemies that came against him. And when those enemies came against him, he was able to take the slingshot and destroy those enemies, whether it be a lion or bear. He, the whole time he was preparing, preparing. But when God looked at him, he didn't just see his beauty. Because to me, I read that scripture and I was like, yo, but, but wait a minute. If, if you're not about the, the exterior person, why did he notice his beauty? There was something better about this. There was something beyond his beauty. There was a warrior. When God saw, all he saw was a, a young boy slinging a, a slingshot. Ready to defeat a giant that no one else could beat. God's calling us to defeat a giant. And the ones that are in the place, they ain't, they ain't killing the giants. The giants are still fighting in our wilderness season, we have situations where we face giants. Temptations. Attacks. Children. <laughs> that I say my wife. Jesus. <laughs> but God gave me a slingshot for that one too. Come on. <laughs> but, in the, you know, the problem is, you know, when he told Samuel, when, when at the beginning of this chapter, he told Samuel, he said, how long will you mourn for Saul? How long will you mourn over the situation that you're in? How long will you mourn over the, the, the defeats, the attacks? How long will you, we, we, I, I gotta be honest, how long will you mourn over the fact that we're not in church no more? What do you have learned when you were out in, in this field? What have you learned? Have we learned to complain about the fact that we're not back in the church? Is that what we learned? Do we not learn how to survive? Do we not learn how to love people? Do we not how to make the best out of every situation? When God looks at our outer stereo and sees us worshiping and praising God, that he looks upon the heart, what does he see? Does he see someone that's defeated already? Will we be, God is a loving God. He doesn't reject us. Let me, let me be real. But I'm going to be real with you. If, if in our hearts it's not for God and we don't want to do the work of the Lord, God's not going to be a pushy and push himself on us. He's going to stand in group and say, okay, I understand, so I won't use you. I won't use you in the next season. If you don't want to, I'm not going to push you. I want you to. As soon as you say yes, I'll put you in it. But if you don't want to work in the season, I can't use you. Has, the, has this desert season been a waste? Has it been a waste for us in your jobs? Has it been a waste? When God looks at you, he sees you, he can take down a giant. I'm going to declare something over you. My favorite scripture in the Bible is Isaiah 61. It's 11 verse. I'm going to read it to you guys. And in the next season of our lives, the next place we're going to, it's time for war. It's time to, everything you've learned in this desert season, every season of life, it's time to use it. No one's, everyone's afraid to kill a giant. No one's there to kill a giant. Are we going to be the ones that kills a giant? Do we know how to kill a giant? <laughs> Do we know what those scriptures are? Do we know the Bible? Do we know anything? It's so easy to look at things in the exterior. You know, my wife, I, I, I don't know, a lot of people with politics and all stuff is going on. I hate that. I don't even watch the news. My wife told me about the babe, you know, like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about Star Wars. Come on. <laughs> because even though I'm going to have an effect on this season and this world, I don't need to be in every detail of what's going on in this world. I don't. All it's going to do is make me depressed, frustrated, scared, you know. My kid, look at my kids like, yo, get, get Jesus already, because what's going on in the world? <laughs> you know, it starts bringing fears, but I, come on, but, like, but I, I learned one thing. 
I always talk about it with my, my homeboy from the job. We always talk about it. It's like, he always, he always says, he's here. He's, I don't know where he's at. He's in a building somewhere. He always says, oh, the, the devil is here. The devil is here. The devil is here. There's a lot of temptations, a lot of garbage going on in, in the job. But I realized something. I've been in a battle for so long in different areas of my life that when I came face to situations, I'm able to slay the giant. Every time I face a situation, I said, wait, I, I've been in this before. I know what to do. I know, what, I know how to kill this giant. I know how to destroy it. We should have been in the season for all this time. I'm not attacking. Please, I'm not attacking. I was in a situation too. I was frustrated. I'm going to be honest. I was frustrated. I don't want to be here no more. I'm tired of picking these chairs up every week. I'm like six days a week I'm here. I was tired. I was tired. So Lord, make a way out. He <laughs> said, so make a way out of this. And he did. And I don't know. But, but I believe God's going to come through for us. But I believe God wants to settle something in us before we go. It didn't take weeks, months, or years to get to that point. It can happen right now. And God opened the door for us when we get back to the church. He wants to let you know what are we called to do today. What are we anointed for? What was David anointed for? Just to kill a giant? There's a reason why he's anointed. I'm going to read Psalms, um, Psalms, Isaiah 61. You guys can read along with me. Because this is... Uh, well, I mean, read along. You want to read out loud, then read out loud. If you can't read, don't read out loud. It'll <laughs> be like, you know, somebody say another line. <laughs> I'm reading for the international version. This is my favorite. I, when, I, when I first started, like, really seeking the Lord, I, was, I think I was like 18 and 17, this scripture stood out to me so much. And I'm going to read it. And I, I just pray that you, you declare this over yourself. This is what you're anointed for, to do. Not only these things are going to happen for you, but it's going to happen for others as you speak that life over to someone else. This is Isaiah 61, verse 1, starting at verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness and a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the, the ruined cities that have been de devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work, for, work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in the riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will receive rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and an everlasting joy will be yours. For I, I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are, are, they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in, uh, in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns himself, his head like a priest, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for, for as the soil makes the sprout, sorry, I pressed the button. So as the, as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before the nations. 
We are anointed to do these things. Not only are these things going to happen for us, but we are called to do these things. If your purpose in the next season is not to slay giants, not to set people free, then I, I believe in your heart, if you make a decision not to do those things, that God will be like, okay, I understand. I am here for you, but I will use the next one. I will use the one that's out in the field attending the sheep. I will use the one that everybody ignores and rejects. I will call them out because their hearts are ready for that. Now, I'm not attacking you in a sense, I'm attacking myself about this situation, but I know sometimes we can grow weary. I keep flipping this wrong, I'm crazy, right? <laughs> we can grow weary and tired and frustrated and want to give up, start complaining, but have no effect while we're complaining, no effect while we're arguing, no effect while we're talking about people. This is a new season. Do you not perceive it, the Lord says? Do you not perceive that this is a new season? Are we so focused on the outstanding of something that we don't see what's behind it? I tell you right now, the Lord sees our hearts. And He sees our hearts where we are. He looks beyond the, the dances. He looks beyond the preaching. He looks beyond the big words. He looks upon the heart. And if that is not right, nothing changes. God wants to spread love upon us and show us the way to trust Him. To rely on Him to do what he's supposed to, we're supposed to do. Slay these giants. But we have you know, we wasted our time in the wilderness, and we wasted our time when no one sees us. That when the, like my wife said, when the curtain opens and we're in the forefront, what are we gonna do? Will we run like the people be afraid? Or we'll say, Oh, you do it. I don't want to do it. You do that. You pray for that one. You do that. I, I, can I do a side note? Please don't give up your authority to no one. If I'm a, if I'm a, like a supervisor in the job, and I have to supervise, and I keep giving the, 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 the rain over to somebody else over time to do the job for me, I just give up my authority. And eventually, a good person will be like, well, we don't need you no more. I'll use that one, because the one that you will do all the work anyway. Huh. Don't give up your authority, what God has called you to do. Don't let always someone else do it for you. You do it. Amen. This is the transition we're in. It's not just like a building transition. It's not. Because we're going to a beautiful, I say this all the time, right, Joy? I say it all the time. We're going to a beautiful building, do the same thing, same nonsense. No power, no anointing. This is what we're anointed to do to break chains and change lives. This is why God had us in this season sometimes. Sometimes He'll allow things to happen to get us in a place where He said, Look, your will be done. Your will be done, Lord. What do you want me to do? I went through a lot of changes through this, this season. A lot of changes. I didn't know why. I was like, is it devil? Is it God? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Been, oh, up and down, up and down, up and down. And God said, don't, he told me, don't waste this time. I had to learn how to, how to like more greet people. I had to learn to set things up. How, I, I didn't know what that was like in church. I'll come into church and set up, oh, it's hot and it's cold here. You know, like, you go home, I got to do nothing. Toilets are dirty. You clean it. I'm not cleaning no toilets. Well, God did put me for three months cleaning toilets. I you guys urinate on the bathrooms. I, I go to church. There's no urine in the floor of the bathroom. Church, there's urine in here. There better not be no adults in Jesus' name. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like God taught me something. He said, I didn't want to waste this time. I didn't want to waste it. I wanted to use it for God to show me the next step in my life. And build me up and strengthen me. So when I am, when it's called, when the anointing is called, God said, okay, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to step up. That I won't, know, I won't be afraid. That I will look at the giant and say, you mean this uncircumcised Philistine? This uncircumcised Philistine is talking garbage about my God? 
and try to stop what I'm going to do, and I'm going to back out and punk out like that? See, I will punk out. Anybody will punk out if you ain't prepared for that, right? If you ain't never been in this situation, you're going to punk out real quick. But if you've been in it before, if you, if you killed the lion and you killed the bear, right? I think it's the wolf or the other one, I don't know what it was. If you practice and you were in that situation, you know how to deal with it. You know what it feels like to be broken. You know what it feels like to overcome. You know what it feels like to pray for people. You know what it is to be frustrated but still trust in the Lord. When the time comes and you step to the front, because God's chosen us to say, you know what, I see your heart. It's time to step forward. It's time to take initiative. It's time to do something. You're prepared. You won't be afraid. You won't be lost. You won't be confused. You won't say, what do we do? You will know what to do. Because you've been in it before. There must be a reason why we all been through this situation. Because whatever we're going to enter into next, there's going to probably be some stuff that will try to take away from us and try to rob us. But we're going to be cool in that situation. Flinging this, this, this baby thing. Right? We're rocking it, right? The grace of God is going to be upon us because we're in the wilderness and we didn't waste it away. And we're going to destroy the giants that come before us. Amen? Amen. Like I wanna, I wanna, um, I was gonna play a song. I don't know if I should play. This is, uh, you know, why I wanna play a song because it talks about hope arise. I, 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 I really felt in my heart the whole week. I was listening. I was crying in the house. And you don't cry all the time. Crying. The kids are watching. I'm watching cartoons and I'm turning my head and listening to the song and choking. I have this thing I do. I start crying in the house and cough. <laughs> Not to be a punk, right? But, but I, it really ministered to my heart. And God said, it's time for hope to rise. And God is the hope of glory, right? Jesus, he came, he came and set us free. But now he's, he, he's put a spirit inside of us to now to go out to be a hope to other people and show them the way and give them life. There's purpose for this. There's purpose when we're here. Oh, this is purpose. When, when Rev came in and he was like, oh, we're looking for a church. I said, all right, I can, I, I'll see what I can do. I got this. You, you in here. You here. You know, like he, he came in and I was like, it was just like, okay, this is this was a sign for me, like, oh, we must be going in soon. Because if he comes in, and, and that means it's time for us to move on. So it must be so I didn't know it was that fast though. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, what is the problem? What's going on? It was so fast. But it was like, praise God. God knows what they were going through. They were going through a transition. God opened a door for them. You don't think he's gonna open a door for us? Amen. We don't look at the we don't look at what's seen. What's seen is temporal. But what's unseen is eternal. It's time to fix our eyes on Jesus. What's in eternal and stop looking at things that are in the present that don't work out all the time and fail us all the time. We get frustrated all the time. That season is over. I can't, I I, I can't, I can't, I'm getting stuck on my wagon, but don't say that. But I think one of those things where she talked to me, I told the people, I said, the same? This, maybe it's a giant. We need to... It's frustrating. It's frustrating when you see people now, now don't want to grow. But God is gentle. I'm going to be gentle too. Look, if you don't want to grow, then don't grow. Praise God. But get out the way. Move. Get out the way. Get out the way. Just want to be seen. Come on. I'm going to be real. Like, this is Joshua time. I'm sorry. If, if you don't want to be real, you want to be real about situations. If you want to just be up in the pulpit and just want to do stuff, and you know what, you just want to be seen and pick me, pick me, pick me. God sees the heart. He's picking you. He's not going to pick you. He sees your heart. He sees where you at. You want to reach souls, or you want to reach getting the spotlight. 
God's tired. God don't want that no more. He has something good. We go into a, we, our church is full of Muslims over there. What if somebody coming with a bomb one day? They're gonna be ah running. The tree fell. Everybody will scream going crazy, right? What's somebody gonna do when somebody goes Alibaba with a bomb? What you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Do we have the anointing to be like you ain't doing nothing? Huh? Or laugh at them like this guy's bugging? Look at them. What are we gonna do in that situation? I'm not saying that's gonna happen. Don't get scared. Don't get scared, um, Pastor Reverend. We're over here to take a look to happen to you. All right, you understand what I'm saying? It's a new season in our lives. Don't waste away this time. Amen? Amen. Please go. Just before we play that song, um, I, want you to, I want you to read one scripture because I think that this is the most important theme as a Christian um, that we are waiting for because I would be remiss if I, did not, if I did not share this prophetic word with you, and I've said this to you before, that the greatest prophetic word that Josh and I could ever give you is that one day the sky is going to open. And one day, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Messiah, who died on the cross for our sins, is going to come. He's going to come back, and he's going to come back for me and for you and for your families. But when he comes back, is he going to find faith on the earth? When he comes back, like a bolt of lightning, like the Bible says, that will light up the whole sky, will he find faith on the earth? There's so much more. We are waiting for promises, and we are waiting for so many things in our lives, and we ought to be prepared. But the greatest of these, the greatest of these that we need to be prepared for is for when Jesus returns. We look at the world around us, we know the days are getting darker. We, we know the hearts are getting colder. But we understand that we're sin abounds, much more grace abounds. Much more anointing abounds, much more power abounds. And so like my husband was saying, that spotlight is not on you so that you can get the glory. The spotlight comes with a responsibility. That spotlight comes so that you can tell people that Jesus is coming back. And if you feel funny about telling anybody that, then I want to ask you to check your motive as to why you want to get in a place of a spotlight. There's a testing that you need to submit yourself to. There's a working in you, a faithfulness in you that's being refined by the fire. There's a submission to his spirit and his way that he's calling you into. So we must not forget that this whole thing is for a bigger purpose. That behind the scenes, the spirit of God is watching us. I tell my kids that all the time. I may not see what you do, but God sees you. And if we practice now, and we don't live in a place where we're deceiving ourselves, then when that sky cracks open and he comes for his bride, then we will be ready. Amen? Amen. Luke 21, 33. I'm going to read it till the end of the chapter. It says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. These are Jesus' words. He said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. That day referring to the day of his coming. 
For it will come on all those who live on the face of the entire earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you might be able to escape all that is going to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. What a beautiful picture for those who fear the Lord. What a beautiful picture for those who fear the Lord. What a beautiful picture for those who fear the Lord. Amen? If our lives are not our own. Our lives are not our own. Why don't you say that with me? Our lives are not our own. The dictates of our flesh are not the will of God. We are to run hard after the Spirit. And no, it's not easy, but Pastor George preached his sermon about righteousness last week. And that where we can't make it right, God himself sent Jesus in our place to provide that righteousness for us. That we might be right before God and stand before every man, woman, and child on the earth as a holy vessel before God. Holiness is not unattainable. It's just sometimes it's not explained right. You are holy children of God. You are called by the Spirit into the earth to shine your light so brightly so that when the sky opens and Jesus returns, you are ready. So we want to play this song. And as we play this song, and if you need to come up for prayer, we want you to do that. As you have some time to just sort of self-examine and say, you know what, Lord, where am I prepared? Am I preparing? Am I submitted to the Spirit? Am I submitted to His ways? Or am I resistant? Or am I wanting maybe after something for different reasons? Or maybe I just want to be used of you, Lord. I just want to be used every part of me, every inch of my testimony. Right? Like Pastor George was saying, testify. It's time to do that. I want more of you, God. And as this song plays, I just want you to be able to have that time and come up if you need prayer. And we are right here.
Let's just cut that, because I hear nothing. So wash your teeth, you please come up. I don't know what it was that I played with 10 minutes. for his church and today I think more than any the other day was really an emotional day at least for me um, but it was powerful you know and it was just so much breakthrough and I'm so encouraged you know because um, just being part of the leadership you know we get to hear things first you know and sometimes you can tend to to worry I'm not worried at all, man. I'm trusting God. God is good. So if we can just stand to our feet, I want to leave this place worshiping. See, through all this, one thing remains.
bless us and just release us with a prayer this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May your enemies that come in one way flee seven ways. May the Lord bring you to the next stage and cause you to put your foot on the neck of your enemies. May those who oppose you flee before you. As smoke is driven away, may the Lord drive them away from you. May the Lord make every crooked path straight and every rough place smooth. May your mountains become a plain. May the Spirit of the Lord guide you going out, coming in, rising up, lying down. May the Lord bless the work of your hand and increase you and multiply you in Jesus name You are blessed, so go out and be a blessing. Yeah. Yeah.